Alright guys, pictures up. Pictures up! Pictures up! That's roll sound. Rolling! Rolling! Sound speeds. Camera speeds. Two. Awesome. Take two. Mark. And action! Welcome to the Penn Cinema Podcast. Your behind-the-curtain connection for movie news and reviews. Now here are your hosts, Penn Ketchum and David Moulton. Oh, welcome to the show. I'm David Moulton. And I'm Penn Ketchum. What's, What's up? up? So, Penn. Yes, sir. Do you remember back to when we were sitting here just a moment ago? <laughs> just but moments ago. Just but moments ago. <laughs> yes, I do. And we're having our pre-show talk. Right. And both of us are casually like, I can't hear. Do, 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 do. I got my headphones on. Right. I can't hear the other guy. And we're not <laughs> addressing I, it directly. We're both fiddling with but our cords. I, but I think the funny thing is, if I remember correctly, at the time we were, I was talking yeah. about being professional. Right. About trying to be professional. And we're both like. Uh, we're trying to take it I, serious. I, 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 don't, I can't hear it, but it's. I can probably figure I'm it out. Fussing with my mic. With my little, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. Turns out our yeah. mics weren't plugged in. Right. <laughs> the number one step right. one. Step one. Of the process. <laughs> it's like the I had this uh, friend who came tried to make a jello <laughs> with a stapler in it. Oh my god. You know? Yes, like from the office. Yeah, yep. and she comes in <laughs> with a bowl with a stapler just at the bottom, and it's just liquid. It's just green liquid. And she's oh like, I don't know. It's been in the fridge all night, and it didn't get hard. And I said, all right, well, let's recount the steps here. We can see where you went wrong. I said, so step one, you right. boiled the water. Boiled the water. You Wait, what? boil the water? <laughs> so there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah. I... W- <sighs> You, you are you a good prankster? Like, if I asked you what's the best prank you ever pulled on someone, could you come up with it? I've had some good pranks. Yeah, I would think yeah. that you would be a good prankster. I, I'm, I'm, good. I'm not so much a good prankster as I am like, I'm good at like telling a funny story that's not true, and then people think it's true. So you're a good liar. Right. And then at the end, they're like, what are you, crazy? And I'm like, no, that never happened. (laughs) But that's not a prank. That's just a a fib. That's a tall tale. I'm like a prank. I I give good prank gifts or like, I can't recall. I know I've set some pretty good things up. The best one I ever did was years ago when my dear younger, who's much older than me, brother, he got married, and when he left on his honeymoon, Amy and I borrowed his pickup truck. And the plan was we used his pickup truck to take a vacation around the great Pacific Northwest, which we did and had the time of our lives mm. and had a great time. And then when we were done, the plan was leave it in the parking lot at the SeaTac, the big international airport out by Seattle, and leave the keys up in the visor. Right? I mean, this is back in the 90s, like, we, you know, we, nobody cared. Yeah. So we stuck the keys in the visor, but I also stuck like a half pound of confetti up there so that when he got in the car and opened the visor, like all this <laughs> shit poured down. See, I, I think my most memorable one is a friend and I bought Pirates of the Caribbean, one of them. Yeah. And it came with this ugly shirt, <laughs> ugly shirt. And it was, it was like November. And we were like, all right, let's give this to Chris Hall Productions for Christmas. Mm. And per- but let's pretend like we went really out of our way to get it. And we're really excited to give yes. him this horrible shirt. Oh and then oh my God. we contacted all of our friends and said, look. Yeah. Here's when, the backstory. When he opens this right, up, right. act like it's one of the coolest things you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and so there we were, exchanging gifts. And Chris opens this up and he goes, oh. Oh. And then just puts it behind him. Doesn't say like he goes, Oh. Uh. But then everyone's like, What? No, get it back out. See that. He's like, Why is everyone so crazy? Yeah, we had a real gift for him too, so it wasn't Ah, that takes away the fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. All right, well let's get into the fun that is the news this week. Yeah. (laughs) All nothing of it. All all nothing of it. Yeah. Now, Top Gun was just huge. Massive. Right. Right. Correct. And it's because I'd like to think 
<laughs> it's because because we hyped it up on the show. We hyped it up on the show. Right. We had this franchise that was that was a big movie. Right, it was doing okay. It was, this, yeah, everyone loved it. Right, and we gave it like twenty five years. Right, and then we were like, "What if we did another one?" And it was also really good. Wouldn't that be amazing? Right. So, wouldn't you think that give it some air? Right. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Right. Like let it sit. Yeah, right. You want to give it another 25 years? Not to be that long, because no one lives forever. But give it some time, and then be like, guess what? Mm. We're back with the conclusion. Mm, the trilogy. The trilogy. The Top Gun trilogy. The last adventure. Oh my god! This is this one's. This is the great one. This is like you remind me of when Sylvester Stallone started wrapping up all his franchises. Yeah. You know, he made the last Rocky and handed it over to Creed. Right. Then he made the last um, Rambo, Rambo Last Blood. And, and he handed it over to... Death at the box office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I feel like there was another franchise of his, but maybe that's just the two of them. But, like, so what are you suggesting? Tom Cruise should, like, make a third Top Gun and that that can be it. Well, I think but but I feel like the franchise is big enough that he could make a third Top Gun and that could be it for Maverick. Well, yeah. Introduce a younger pilot. What? No good. I just don't think it needs to go on. It's one of the like not everything needs to become a long franchise. But Top Gun is one of the highest grossing. The new one is one of the highest grossing movies of all time ever. Yeah. And was right. a, a ridiculous phenomenon. So was the first Jurassic Park. Yeah. So let's keep making those. Clearly they are, but they're not the same anymore. Right. Well, I think that's where right. they're going to go with Top Gun. Right, but that's that's my thing. Is it's like I, it, it becomes the more of it there is, the more diluted it becomes. Okay, listen, I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, and a bad example of what you're saying mm. is sitting at the table with us. Transformers. Transformers. They should have when that started going south. They should have gone. They should have just killed it and been done with it. Yeah. But they keep making new ones and they keep sucking. Yeah. And that's a franchise that needs to just be done. And also, I would say, that's a franchise that, as good as the first one was, the second one wasn't that good. And no, it wasn't even, and I'm, a, I'm not talking critical review. I'm talking, it wasn't even, you know, much business. Mm. It didn't do much box office. Top Gun, on the other hand, the first one is one of the most iconic films ever. Mm -hmm. And the second one was a massive phenomenon. Whether you want to look at it box office or critically, either way, yeah. it was a massive success. So 100% chance they do a trilogy. And then what I'm saying is I think there's enough momentum and material within that universe, to borrow a term from the comics, that they can have younger fighter pilots and carry on the Top Gun brand, the Top Gun franchise, forever. I predict they will. You're probably right. Probably right. Yeah. Well, anyway, Tom, Tom so wait, Cruise so wait. is on for the third one. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're in the works, and he's involved. Now, I just want to read between the lines. Yeah. Because, you know, this podcast— I'm not, I'm not I, against them making Top Gun 3. Okay. I am against them making Top Gun 3 so quickly. <laughs> like, okay. let it breathe. Right? Well, like, who did we report on last week that— Announced the sequels before the damn film even opened. Argyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Argyle still has another three weeks till it opens, and they've already announced they're doing sequels. Right. So Top Gun's at least slower than that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you that. But it's like, take a few years, write it, really work it out, make it spectacular. No. <laughs> I just love how annoyed you are by I, that. I when am. every other franchise in the world cranks them out. Right, but it's just like... Do I have to call I, the abacus? No, I feel like... Look, you don't have to call... The thing is, is like <laughs> top, top Gun Maverick just barely amused me. Like, I mean, like... Oh, my God. It just barely, like, hit my hit my charts of, like, not... You know, like, I, I, I liked it, but it was, you know... <laughs> it, so don't rush the third one. <laughs> just... You know how alone you were in that opinion, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But just take your time and make it great. Just don't make more of the same. Right? Because when you think about how out of the crazy <laughs> Top Gun was, Top Gun Maverick was insane. Right. Like what they did in that movie was insane. Yes. Right? 
So now you, you're reaching a level of like, okay, you've got Top Gun, re- pretty realistic, very realistic for its time mm-hmm. and everything. You have Top Gun Maverick, almost sci-fi. Okay. With the planes and, yeah, and yeah. some of the stuff at the end. Barely, the end, barely. The end. But yes, I hear you. The end is almost unreal, like right. almost like future right. tech. So like every, every movie's got to one up itself. The, the last one. So you're, so you're worried. It's gonna you go, go? You're worried. It's going to go down the stretch of uh, fast and furious. Yes. <laughs> like I, It's not going to be as grounded anymore. <laughs> right. And I just want to remember when we were all stealing DVDs off the back of the uh, semi trucks. Right. DVD players. To right. Be exact. Right. Yeah. A la Beverly Hills Cop. Is that what you're referencing? That was how, that's how Fast and Furious started. Oh, oh that's they how were, Fast and they Furious They were DVD started. player thieves. Gotcha. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Um, I think if I look back, if I look back at the last 17 years mm. and I think about films that have universally grabbed, what's that word you like to use? Zeitgeist. You don't grab. You're a part of the zeitgeist. Okay. Well, then that's not the collective word. consciousness. The collective consciousness. That's, the, that's what the zeitgeist is. Okay. Well, whatever. When I, when I think back of what movies everybody that I know was talking about, hmm. like universally interested. Yeah. Right. I'm talking about when they brought Star Wars back. Mm-hmm. Talking about the peak of the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. specifically the Avengers. Yeah. Talking about the conclusion of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm talking about Top Gun. That summer when Top Gun came out, and now I have to add Barbie and Taylor Swift to that as well. Right. Taylor Swift, I don't know if Taylor Swift will hold up over as as time goes by, yeah. but when I Barbie. talk about movies that were like massive phenomenons, like the Barbie, the Barbenheimer, you know, craze, like. I don't know. I just think that just because you didn't like Top Gun as much as everybody else did. It's not about whether I, I just don't take your time, make it good for once in your life. Take a page out of avatar guy, out of James Cameron, James Cameron, <laughs> avatar guy. <laughs> and, right. And, and take your time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I'm on the other side going, you know, I think, it's already been a year since they even started talking about making a sequel. You're like, more planes go fast now. It's a year and a half since that movie came out. That's ridiculous. But it's true. Right? Yeah, I guess. Yes. No, it is true. It's been at least a year. Yeah, it's been a year and a half because it came out in the summer of 22 and we are now, I don't want to burst be the one to break it to you, but we are in January of 2024. What? <laughs> 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 In other news, our friends at Paramount, speaking of franchises that won't die, our friends at Paramount are developing even more new Star Trek movie prequel stuff with Andor director Toby Haynes tapped to direct. Okay, first off, we love Andor. <laughs> You're not making fun of my Star Trek, are you? <laughs> uh, how dare you, Penn? Now that we're talking about intellectual <laughs> right, film right, right. Now that we're on cinema. Not that everyday common stuff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can't get over how perfect that second piece of news happened to be. In light of our first conversation. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It's almost like we planned it. And so I do have problems with this. What's your problem? With David. With David. Oh, this is our first ever. <laughs> what? Yeah. Is your problem. It took five years. With David. What's your problem? With David. <laughs> yeah, What's your problem? Here's my problem. With David. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, this is going to be in the Kelvin universe. <laughs> All right. I, hey. You're not alone. That bugs everybody. Well, so, okay. So (laughs) the Kelvin universe is the J.J. Abrams, is what they call the J.J. Abrams movies Mm -hmm. because it rebooted the franchise with the time travel with the new Kirk and Spock and new adventures. Made it good. But different. Okay. Different. Uh, This is supposed to be a prequel to that, which I would, it it depends on when when it is because it's a, Hard to say, oh, this is a prequel to the Kelvin universe. We only have like 10 years mm. that count as a prequel to that. Otherwise, right. if you go further back in time, you're now in 
regular Star Trek time. Because hmm. the timeline changed here. All right. And if you go past that, it's just regular Star Trek time. So I'm curious as how they want to do it and how... I don't have a problem with the Kelvin timeline. I mean, it's more cinematic. So... What is this? What is what does this translate this news? We're getting another yeah. Star Trek movie. Yeah, okay. but it's going to be a prequel to the J.J. Abrams movies. Okay, and not like a lot of people are really jonesing for like uh, Star Trek Legacy or which is like after Next Generation time. Now, movie. just rem- correct me if I'm wrong. The Andor was a Star Wars thing. Yes. Yeah. So, but when we that's the one we, that I loved, right? Yeah. They, but it's it's Star Wars. Loved. It's not Star Wars. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's really good. So, not to say that Star Wars is bad, but just that Andor was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't watched it, if you're like scrolling, and you're like, you know how like, have you ever noticed like that's a new thing that you can people just say like, like I need a new show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you need a new show, Andor is it's amazing. is the one. And so you're saying that this guy Toby Haynes that did Andor, he's making a new Star Trek movie that's going to be a prequel to the JJ Abrams universe. Yeah. I'm on board for that. Okay. I'm, I, it, I don't like that it's a prequel, but I'm on board. Do we have a timeline for this? Uh no, this is just announced. So okay. it's pretty preliminary. They have writers, but Yeah. And are they in your opinion? I didn't know who they were. Are they rushing it? No. Because it's been how long since the last Star Trek movie? I don't know. When, when was uh, was it Into Darkness? Oh nine. Yeah, it's been eleven. Like yeah, like maybe almost ten years. So okay, okay. What's this last thing we have here? Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is moving up to May tenth to avoid a showdown with Furiosa. Yeah. There's not really much else to report except that that's interesting. I well, think it's a good move. Does that what does that say? They're excited about Kingdom of Planet of the Apes, so they want to make sure it has a proper weekend, or they're or they're or everyone else is really excited about Furiosa. I think it's a I think it's they have enough faith in to me this says two things. One, they have enough faith in Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes that it will do well enough on its own. It's right. worth it's worth moving. Right. And two they also are saying Furiosa is going to be big. When was Furiosa, or when is Furiosa? Uh, June, I guess. Okay. Like the beginning of June. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So. That's great. People I, love Mad Max Fury Road. January has been slow. People, not me, but yeah. And it's going to be slow for a few more weeks. Uh-huh. But once you get into Dune in the beginning of March, oh my God. like I think 2024 is one, off. one good movie after another. Yeah, okay. There have been good... I know we're saying it's slow. No, no, no. But, it, like, last week we had four movies that are, like, notable come out. There are a ton of good movies in the theater right now. Yeah. So when I say slow, I'm only referring to commercial success. Right, okay. Business is slow because it's winter, and it's always slow in January. Mm-hmm. But as I've often said, in January, February, and September, to some degree October, but especially January, February, September, that's, like... The um, like the surprise, mm. you know, that's a time when I frequently see a movie that I'm not really sure about, but maybe the trailer looks good and then I love it. You know, that's when you see a movie like American Fiction you yeah. know, is a perfect January movie. Yeah, yeah. Which we'll talk about more in a little bit. Um, let's move on to. Well, that's all the news. Yeah, don't be too quick. I know, David. Take One take your time. I'm on a rush here, let but it, I'm not. Let it simmer. Let it simmer. It's because this is the end of an era. Oh, I, I like got the, like, I, the swirl. Yeah, I got the mic involved. Whoa. Yeah. I, I, whoa. <laughs> we had a lot of trailers this week. Um, and by a lot, I mean one that I loved. Me too. I wonder if it's the same one. It's got to be. I hope it is. I loved this trailer so much that I texted my friend, and I've literally never done this before. I texted him, and I was like, dude, I just watched this trailer. I don't know if it's going to come to theaters, but you got to watch it because it's freaking brilliant. Really? Yeah. Okay. You want to start with that? I mean, do you want to? Okay. I'm talking about Drugstore June. Oh, okay. No. Uh, this is a comedy starring someone who I didn't know. My theme for this week's trailers is every single movie stars someone, and I'm left with the thought... 
Am I supposed to know this person? <laughs> so I'm wondering, am I old or out of the loop? Well, this is my runner-up. I think the big name in this one is uh, is um, why did it, the guy who runs the drugstore is is a famous guy. Well, there's a lot of familiar faces in it. Yeah, from Mad TV. Yeah, there's a lot of familiar faces in it, but the movie is called Drugstore June, and I absolutely fell in love. The main character's name is June. And she works at a drugstore and she's like confused about her life on Instagram versus real life. And like, she's an absolute train wreck yeah. and I am completely in love with her. At one point the guy's like, Ooh, I really pity the guy who winds up with her. Well, the beginning of the trailer, she's at a doctor, like for a routine physical. And she's like, if you were a plastic <laughs> surgeon, what would you change about me? And he's like, you know, we don't do that here. And she's like, okay, but if you were, and he's like, your mouth. And she was like, oh, you would make my lips fuller. And he's like, I would sew it shut. <laughs> but, and to the credit of the trailer, that scene that I just described is not even the best part of the trailer. No. Like that's just like a dumb opening. But so she's unhappy in her job at the drugstore. She can't do her job right. She's counting pills and then like in the middle of counting, she's like, oh, I lost track. I need a coffee. So she leaves her coffee break. She goes to leave and the guy's like. <laughs> There's like this hilarious banter between her and her boss at the drugstore. She leaves to go get a coffee and while she's gone, and it seems like maybe she doesn't come back from the coffee break. <laughs> well, she, well, she goes to leave for the coffee break, and the boss is like, you haven't even clocked in yet. <laughs> you haven't even clocked She's in like, yet. I've been working this whole time and I've been paid for it. <laughs> so she leaves her coffee break, and while she's gone, the drugstore's robbed. Yeah. <gasps> gasp. Oh my gosh. La gasp, as my friend David would say. <laughs> La gasp. <laughs> right. So she leaves her coffee, the store gets robbed, and now she takes it upon herself to like <laughs> try to solve the crime. She's got followers. She's got followers, right? And so then, the, so now you have the interaction with the drugstore boss, the interaction with the cops, the interaction with the public. Like it's just absolutely gold. So the name of the movie is Drugstore June. I do not think this is going to end up in any theater near you. Mm. So I highly recommend that you A, go watch a trailer right now because it's funny as hell. Yeah. And then B, I'm going to try to keep track of this so I see where it's streaming so I can watch it. This is my runner up. Yeah. All right. What was your what was your trailer of the week? Abigail. The horror movie? It's a horror comedy. It's made by the same people who made uh -huh. um, oh, shoot, why is uh, yeah, I can picture hide and seek. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the one that we really liked yep. that was about yep. the family playing the board games yep. uh, on the wedding night. What was it called? I forget, but I know which map. Yeah, but the premise is all these this group of people get hired to kidnap a girl for ransom, and she's a rich girl, yeah. and they kidnap her. She going too far? Huh? Well, you know it don't matter anyway. What? What are you talking what? about? Nothing. Go ahead. So they kidnap the they kidnap the little girl. The rich girl? The rich girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's going too far. <laughs> you know it don't matter anyway. <laughs> you can get by on the old man's money. You can get by on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl. <laughs> going too far. And you know it don't matter anyway. Oh, okay. Alright. <laughs> I know what the I know what the listeners are thinking. They're thinking, how has this man, Penn Ketchum, gotten so far without a record deal? Yeah. Well, I just say, I just. I Sometimes you choose the wrong career path. I know, no, no, no. I've gotten, I've gotten offers. Oh. I refuse. Oh. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be part of the corporate game. I'm not gonna be subjected to the you corporate machine. You don't want machine. your money for nothing and no. your chicks for free. <laughs> Thank you, David. That's yeah. all I'm trying to say. Yeah, you like to work yeah. for what, <laughs> right. what you get. Right, that ain't working. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. The way you that do makes it. total sense. <laughs> right, that, that ain't yeah. working. Yeah. Right, yeah. So <laughs> I prefer to make my money the old-fashioned way. Podcasting. Podcasting. <laughs> the big money. <laughs> right. Right. I don't want to settle for like rock star status. Exactly. Right. Yeah. People are always like, how do you do it? I was like, it's a secret. Right. No podcasting secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so they so take a girl, a they kidnap her. A rich girl? A rich girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's going too far? She's, they do. Yeah, they go yeah, too yeah. far. Okay. It don't and the guy's anyway. like, look, in, if we hold her overnight. <laughs> We're going to get a ransom of $50 million That's from right. her dad. And you guys just have to watch her for overnight. How easy is that? And then John Giancarlo Esposito, a man who I've met and oh. interviewed. Oh, yeah. 
uh, leaves. That's why it's your trailer of the week because you have a personal I was connection. Like, that's my boy right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right I hear you. And um, so they're there with this little girl, and then she's like, "Oh, a rich girl." Yeah. yeah. And they go to leave, but then the doors slam shut. Metal over the doors; they yep. can't get out. Yep. Turns out, little girl's a vampire, and she likes to play with her food. Right. So she. This is what she does. She gets people to kidnap her, mm. and then she hunts them. So she set the whole thing up. Right. Mm. But it's comical, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the lines in it really had me laughing. She's flying? What? <laughs> <laughs> she flies now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it looks good. Sometimes uh, you make fun of me. Sometimes you make fun of me. That, well, first off, that's never happened. Okay. Yeah. In my imagination, there have been times when you've made fun of me. Right. And I hate to give you ammunition to continue to make fun. A- ammunition? Of me. Ammunition. <laughs> uh-huh. Ammunition. What did I say? Ammunition? Ammunition. Ammunition? A premonition? <laughs> yeah. I have a premonition. Okay. That I'm going to give you ammunition. Okay. Yeah, for sure. But despite how much I'm going to regret admitting this to you, I started watching this trailer and saw that it was a horror movie. And you turned it off? No, no, no. I watched the whole thing. But I had it on mute <laughs> while I was doing something else. Okay. So I had no idea what the trailer You need to go back and watch it. It's, 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 not, it's not a horror as much as it's like a funny monster yeah, movie. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah. You, you need to go back and I will. watch it. Okay, okay, I will. I'm going to hold you to that. I will. This is one of those things where I'm like, when we're done, right. you should do that. Yeah. But then what really happens is I clean up and just leave. Right. <laughs> but I will. I will watch it. Okay. But I want it to, I want it to come clean. Okay. Can't have secrets. No. Right. The next trailer we talked about, or the next trailer on our list is called Float. Which looks like a perfectly fine romantic comedy. Yes. It is coming to select theaters February 9th. And it looks like it's about a girl who uh, goes to stay with her auntie before her residency in med school or something. Yeah. And then she accidentally gets bumped off, a do- like a legit accident. They're like hanging out, partying or talking or celebrating <coughs> something. And, Excuse me. And um, <coughs> she gets bumped off a dock into the water. Dun, dun, dun. At which time it's revealed. Shark attack! <laughs> right. At which time she gets eaten by a shark, <laughs> which makes it for a very short movie. It's a short film. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why it's select right. readers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this big handsome guy saves her and teaches her how to swim, and apparently they fall in love. They fall in love. Yeah. I think my, my favorite part of the part of it is like everyone's giving them the Google, like the oh, look at you two eyes. The girl's like, I think I'm getting feelings for Mike or whatever. And they're like, yeah. oh, really? Right. <laughs> <It's their spot>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next we have Cold Copy. And I just blanked on what this movie was about. I watched this half an hour ago. I should remember. Um, I can picture it. It's the, the title is like sort of black and white, sort of. Cold Copy. It was a total waste of time. Yeah. So that's why we can't think yeah, of it. Yeah, I can't remember it. But honestly, I can't remember Lights Out or Monolith either, which both of which, all three of these I watched within the last half hour. Yeah, Monolith I remember. Which one was that? That's the one where the girl, uh, she's in a house by herself, and she's running a podcast about these mysterious bricks that get found everywhere. Oh, yeah. And she starts going crazy. Yeah, and I don't understand what that movie was about. And that's the thing. I think it... A lot of the review, the things I read, like under it, was like, "Oh, this looks like it's going to be this big secret," but in the end, everyone's suspecting that it'll just be a lady goes crazy, yeah, in the, like being alone. I remembered cold cold copy. That's okay. the one about the girl who is in journalism class, and oh, she, and she okay. can't keep. It, it seems like she can't keep up with the class, mm-hmm. and then the the professor is sort of like pressuring her. So she sees like a fight on the sidewalk yes. and decides to film it quick. And then she befriends the kid who got beat up. And then it turns out that his mother is famous. And then it she turns died. out that she died. And maybe it turned out that she killed herself or or I was murdered like by the kid, maybe, maybe by the kid. And so the whole thing turns into this like investigative thing. And then it also turns out maybe the professor is creepy or sketchy. She wants to, the professor's telling her to like go deeper and deeper. And it's like psychologically messing up the girl. Right. Yeah. So anyway, this movie looked, I shouldn't have been so harsh on it. This movie looked decent. 
Yeah. But it's not going to. I mean, none of those three are. These are not movie theater movies. Lights out was a lights out was a movie starring the guy that played the kingpin, I think. And he's just like a biker, and he vigilantes. Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't even remember much more than that. Look, Literally, like, we're fighting in a pit. Someone gets right, right, right. Someone it's, gets killed by accident, yeah. and surprise, right. someone's a cop. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah, it was not good. So that's Abigail, which was my trailer of the week, Float, Drugstore June, which is Penn's trailer of the week, Cold Copy, Lights Out, and Monolith. Correct. I would I would say watch our trailers of the week and maybe Float, and you're probably fine. Yeah. So, all right, moving on to our movie review of American Fiction. Did you see this one, David? I did see this movie. You saw it. And I know you saw it because we had a pre-conversation. <laughs> so I, I'll fully admit I was like a couple minutes late. And it was either see the movie now or wait like too long to see it again. Yeah. Because I wanted to see it on you, Friday. When you say late, you were late to see the movie. You like showed up in the theater a little late. Right. Right. And because you guys don't have three hours of trailers right. here, yeah. I missed a couple minutes. If only you had known. If only I had We known. start punctually. I know. If you only you had known from listening to the Penn Cinema podcast. The person I was with was like, we'll be fine, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. trailers. I'm like, we're not going to be fine. And you were like, do you not listen to the show? To the point where we were walking in and I was like, I don't even know if this is worth it. Like, like I'm, I was upset with myself for missing yeah. part of the movie. But we walked in just, the like just a moment before the title came up. So I... I found out from Penn what I missed in the movie. While it was only a few minutes, uh, it sounded like it was pretty funny. It was it was really funny. And then what I said to David was, um, well, similar to my review of Drugstore June, it was a funny scene, but it wasn't nearly as good as the rest of the movie. Right. Like it was it was a good start, you know. But then I thought the rest of the movie was even better. The whole movie was great. Yes. I I fin after finishing this movie, I walked away thinking. There's a high chance this is on my top five at the end of the year. Yeah. It's that good. It also makes, like, I also want to see it again. Not because, like, some the, the last movie that I walked away thinking, oh, I really want to see again was, like, Inception or, like, one of those trippy movies where you're, like, trying to understand it. Or yeah. Actually, the last movie that I wanted to see again was Boy and the Heron. Okay, yeah, you yeah. You know, but... But again, that was just because there was a lot, it was a very deep movie. And I feel like this is another example of that. Like the plot is obviously incredibly easy to follow, very straightforward. Oh, it's, yeah. it's about a guy and his family and, you know, some, some stuff that goes on with his writing career and his book publisher and stuff like that. And obviously the movie has a, a major plot around race. Um, but, but I felt as though the movie tackled those issues without straying from the fact that the movie was primarily about this guy. Yeah. You know, anyway, so I want to, I would love to see the movie again cause it was so well done and, and the acting, everything about it was just like a plus. Like I knew somebody was going to die in the Sally, but I was surprised the person who it was. I did not. I did not see that coming. Okay. Well, when, as soon as they started hinting that his mother was going downhill, I just assumed his mother was going to, because I remember the ashes scene from the trailer. Oh, right, 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 right. I assumed that his mother. Right. Yeah, but I assumed it was at the end of the movie. Right. But turns out it that was somebody scene, else. That scene was so great. Like when the white guy comes walking along, he's like, do you have a permit for this? And they yeah. all like go off all on him. Those, and they all know him. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, Philip. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. great. It was, yeah. it was just really well done. Everything about the movie. What I loved about this movie is it did what you always hope a movie will do. And you hear about this at like award shows, you know, people say like the movie should entertain, but also make you think, Yeah, you know, and yeah. this movie actually did that. It was really entertaining. It gave me a lot to think about, Right. but it was funny as hell. And I was fully invested in the characters. And the dialogue was so good. Yeah. Like, so real. Right. Like it didn't feel like. A ma like uh, manufactured situations, like everything right. felt really real. Right. Uh, first, Jeffrey Wright is Jeffrey Wright's amazing. Amazing. Sterling Brown. Yeah. I mean, I love that guy. Yeah. He was he was amazing in this movie because he he played sort of a dis the dysfunctional brother, and it was it was dysfunctional and bad without being over the top and unrealistic. Right. You know what I mean? It was just like a lot of dysfunctional family members. Right. You know it, what I mean? He was the type of dysfunctional from an outside perspective. He would still seem rich and privileged. 
Right. You know what I mean? Because he was a plastic surgeon. Right. But in reality, he was yeah. lonely. Right. Drug addict, gay guy. So yeah, we could just come out. So it was. It was. I would like to encourage people to see this movie because it's really phenomenal. I like when uh, Sterling Brown was like. I've been out for five minutes. I got some catching up to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What was your, do you have a favorite scene or a favorite moment when you're like recommending this movie to people that you're going to flash back to? Oh, I don't know. I do know that I really laugh. I, I, the irony of the situation was, was so good when, so, so the premise of the movie is he's a professor who's written some really well, well written and like, lofty brainy pinkies out books right but they're not great sellers and then his agent is kind of pressuring him like do something more and then the agent says more black right yeah there's a big emphasis on being more what white people consider to be black and uh he goes to her thing and he finds out that that's like speaking very unreal like ghetto-y and, and he looks at all the stuff on television how it's all like gangs or whatever so he gets upset and he writes a story but he writes it is such um, it's an egregious like parody of reality that he thinks everyone will see that this is a satire and is, is utter crap but what happens is everyone thinks it's amazing right? and takes it and wants to do stuff but what really sticks with well, the scene that stuck with me the most or, or made me laugh like the most to myself was it's him and, an, and a black lady and then three uh, white people are judges in this writing contest. And he uses a pseudonym so they don't know that he's written this trash book. And both the black characters like this book is offensive and should not be on, should not win. And the three white people vote, voted as the winner. And the white person says, I really feel like we need to listen to black voices right now and that this should win. Right after the right. <laughs> two African-Americans were like, no. No, right. <laughs> so, right. This book is offensive and, and not good. Yeah, yeah. So that was the part I was like, oh, geez. So uh, this this movie was great. The, the scene that stuck with me, and maybe it's just because it was literally the last scene, mm -hmm. but the family goes through so much. The mom has really bad dementia. The sister dies. The brother's struggling. The main character is struggling. He he has a falling out with his girlfriend because he's you know essentially lying to her through omission sort of type of thing. Anyway, what I love about the conclusion of the movie is him getting in the car and the comfort between him and his brother. In the they've obviously made it. Yeah. You know, because they're rich now. They got the Mercedes and, you know, they're and the comfort between the two of them is just such a easy like you can just like the acting and the writing is so good that it just conveys such a great level of easiness between the two of them, you know, yeah. that it's just such a great happy ending. Yeah. You know, it's just such a beautiful riding off into the sunset, but it's not boy gets the girl and rides off into the sunset or boy. It's, like life, it's a life goes on. Right. Like it's not necessarily a happy ending, but it's not a sad ending because the movie has three endings. Right. But the actual ending, the actual ending. is very satisfying where yeah. he just kind of slips into the car with the brother looks at the, there's a stage hand or like a, a what do you call them? A, ex, extras, an extra. an extra who's dressed up like he's from slave times. Mm -hmm. You know, he makes eye contact with Jeffrey Wright and then like flashes him the peace sign. And like, I just saw everything about that last, how the movie concludes is just so well done and conveys a, a sense of honest comfort. Like Jeffrey Wright, for the first time in the whole movie, Jeffrey Wright is comfortable in his own skin. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of what the whole movie was about was Jeffrey Wright trying to be something he's not and but also not wanting to compromise his responsibility to his family to himself to his people you know his readers you know all all the responsibilities that he has well so, that, that reminds me of the i think one of the biggest conversation the biggest things for me was like uh when he's talking to the other author and he's going off on how why his book is so offensive 
and she's basically like throwing him back at him, being like, yeah. "Oh, aren't aren't you?" Subsequently, also being like racist towards uh, towards right. African Americans right. as well. Or right, he's like, "Oh, we can just do so much better," and she's like, "That implies that we're not good enough." Right, and he he's just like realizing that kind of. I mean, the, the conversations between him and and all the and the, all the other authors who are um, put together to review to literally judge a book contest. Um, those conversations are fascinating and incredibly well done. Yeah, and maybe even like underappreciated, like because they're not a major part of the plot points, but they're incredibly important part of the character development for Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I thought this movie was amazing. This was the best movie I ever saw. Yeah, best movie I've ever seen for sure. So next week we're going to be talking about ISIS, right? ISS, ISS. the International Space Station. Ice, yeah, International Space Not Station. Not the terrorists. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Now. Just just a quick sidebar, because I yeah. know a lot of our listeners will be really interested to know this. Next week in Lidditz, we're opening uh, Strangers Among Us. Oh, really? No, I'm sorry. Not Strangers Among Us. All of Us Strangers. All of Us Strangers. It's a gay love story. Okay, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And it is selling tickets like crazy. Nice. This is, this right. is going to be a big movie. Cool. Uh, let me just prep this little uh, next thing here on my phone. That makes me nervous when you say stuff like that. No, it's, it's fine. So, <laughs> no, it's fine. You got nothing. You got, trust me, Penn. You got nothing to worry about. And have you ever <laughs> trusted in your life? Because do it now. No, I have never. So, <laughs> it's not a big thing for me. <laughs> Last week, you put the call out. I don't know if you heard. Caw, caw, caw. Wait, wait, wait! Here's a here's a movie quote. Look up here, look up here, look up here. What's that from? That's from Three Amigos. Oh my gosh! I shouldn't have blurted it out what that's from. I should have mm. seen if anybody knows it. But yeah, it's been ages since I've seen. That's that such a good movie. Uh, we said, Frodo, where are you at? Mm. And she hit us up, but now she hit us up with just a, like a little hi, which we'll read in a second. But she came back and she said, hey. By the way, I did this little thing because we've had some, like, I love her intro music, but it's, little, it's yeah. so long. Yeah. So she said, I spent a little time in a program called Dreams, and I've come back with this. Ugh. It's buffering. Lame. I get this on the, I get this on there. You had us. We were all on the edge of our seats. I know. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody was excited. Mystery Gobble pulled over in his car. <laughs> yes. So there you go. That's, That's our short new, and sweet. Short and sweet. That's our, perfect. Our new little intro. You know what that reminds me of? Um, for no good reason. It reminds me of Stranger Things. Did oh, you see they? The, did you did you see they started filming uh, did. season five? Yeah, this is great. I can't wait. I thought I Watch thought out. Stranger Things was dead and buried. I thought we were done with it. Oh, well, it didn't end. It had a cliffhanger. Yeah, I guess I forgot that. Here you go. Yeah. Okay. So well, anyway, says, good to have Frodo back. Yeah, and Frodo's with a new back. and improved theme song. Yeah, way to go. Thanks for making that. It's cool. She made it herself too. She gave me like two two options, and that was the one I. Uh, the other one's great too, but. I, I like this one. She didn't give me any options. She, they were there in the email. You just didn't read. <laughs> David, story of my life. <laughs> yeah, story the, of my life. For a Frodo email, this was <laughs> short and to the point. Totally readable. And you were like, ah, <laughs> what I need. There's no executive summary at the top. I'm out. <laughs> it says hi at the top. That's too much. Uh, yeah. She says hi. <laughs> I've been preoccupied with the holidays, and then I was on holidays. Chiller. She, so she was out, been out having a good time. And then she's, okay. So the boy and the heron, because, you know, she's our animation girl. She says, I liked it. I appreciate the message that Miyazaki tries to convey with it. And that's aside from the fact that it was gorgeous. Mm. The parallels between the granduncle character and Miyazaki himself and his career and legacy make it a very important movie. She also linked us to a bunch of Tumblr stuff to... Uh, for Penn and I to look at, uh, which I didn't get a chance to fully read. The but. parallels between the grand uncle character, mm -hmm. that was the guy that built the tower, mm -hmm. and Miyazaki, the main character, the boy. No. no, who's Miyazaki? He's the guy who made the movie. Oh, okay. The parallel, oh, gotcha. Oh, interesting. The parallels between the grand uncle character and the guy who made the movie 
and his career and legacy make it a very important movie. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So there's like layers upon layers of this. Because Miyazaki is constant. Every movie he puts out is a, like, well, the last couple, it's always, this is the end of his career. Like, right. I remember she wrote us one time about he retired like the best retirement, the best unretirement ever. Right. And he, but he const- I think he's like 80. Yeah. He's constantly coming. But he made Studio Ghibli. Right. So he's the, the guy Interesting. Jeez, now, so just for a fun fact, mm. Boy and the Heron is still I noticed that today. playing at Penn Cinema. And by the way, it's only playing one show a day, but it's going to stay another week because like right now, as we live and breathe, it's playing in Theater 10 and there's 44 people in it. Whoa. Whoa. Just to give some perspective to that. Now, it's different because there's only one show a day. So a whole, day, a whole day's worth of people are in that show. But there's nine people across the hall watching Boys in the Boat. Right. And there's 11 people across the hall watching American Fiction. And yeah. there's 44 people watching Boy in the Heron. They're, they're all making a point to come out in the middle. It's not like normal view time. It's like afternoon. Right, right. It's yeah. noon. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for writing in, Frodo. Great to hear back from you. And uh, I also want to appreciate, I like when, well, you know, you know how like when you like someone and they do something, then you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But then when you dislike someone and they do the exact same thing, you're like, why the hell do they got to do that? Why can't they just talk normal? Right. But what I was getting ready to say was I appreciated her use of the word holiday. She said, I've been preoccupied with the holidays and then I was on holiday. Mm. Like I have never once said to you, David, oh, I'm not going to be here next week because Amy and I are going to be on holiday. Right. Because we're not English. That's a very English thing to say. Are we right. saying Frodo's English or did she just pick up the cool... I think Frodo is is very. Um, she's got the cool vocab. She's got the cool vocab. I was gonna yeah. say like, uh, not common spoken, but like proper spoken. I have a I have a new phrase. Yeah. That I have been enjoying using. Ooh. And it's a little bit like I feel like I might have picked it up from like a Ted Lasso type of okay. show. You know what I mean? Something along those lines. <laughs> and um, I was telling Amy so and so. You know, like in the old days, I would have said they're going to mess around and be late. Mm-hmm. And what I said yesterday was, <laughs> I hope they don't fuck about and make us late. <laughs> <laughs> so proper spoken. Right. Again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Amy goes, what'd you say? And I said, fuck about. And I just, it's such a great, it's a great turn of phrase. I think, I think everyone should try it. Last turn- night I was at a dinner party. Yeah. And they said, don't fuck about desserts. Because they were telling they were telling their teenage kids, this guy does podcasts for the movie theater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then she looked at me. And she said, "Is it is it age appropriate?" <laughs> I was like, "I guess for what age? <laughs> for a teenager?" Session? And, and the, my buddy goes, ah, "It's nothing they haven't heard before first period." <laughs> right. I love when parents act like their kids, you know, don't know those like right. language. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. 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 Listen. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next up. All right. Tony Baloney. T. Loney. Last week we put a call out and we said, send us some reviews of movies to see if you can fool us or not fool us. Did he see these movies that he's he wrote reviews for? Do you know the answer? I didn't look yet. Okay, He's got I, a separate email. Did I accident. I had to like. I read the second email before. I, I saw the second email before, like the body of the email came up on my phone. So I saw, oh, no. I saw the answer. So do you want me to read these and you can guess which she, one? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so Tony wrote in with two movie reviews, mm-hmm. one that he had seen and one that he had not. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we don't know if he's seen any of them. Oh right, 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 right. right. Just. So, Two movie reviews. Two movie reviews. Right. So the first review, the Eras Tour, Taylor Swift movie. And he writes, a wonderful concert movie that really made me become a Taylor Swift fan. I never gave her much thought prior to seeing this movie. This incredible, the incredible stage presence and continual action made the length of the show no big deal. As hard as it is to admit, I found myself tapping my feet and enjoying the whole movie. I was also impressed at the constant change of set and scenery on the stage. I have seen a lot of concerts and was blown away by this one and overall pleasantly surprised. I feel like, because I know Tony, right? I have a weird advantage. I feel like I would have heard him talk about this, but if you take that away, 
this also feels like a review, a comment that Tony would legitimately make about this movie. To me, this feels like the most generic movie review I've ever heard in my life. Right. But at the, it, this sounds like someone answering the question, what did you think about that movie? And they really didn't care, but at the same time, they're not going to sit there and lie to you that they hated it. Right, right. Okay, the second movie that he reviewed mm-hmm. was, you might remember from earlier in the summer, Oppenheimer. Mm. This movie was just too long. While I enjoy the historical aspect of the movie, I always have a problem when writers take a creative license too far, adding in things that are pure conjecture and don't really add to the story. Too many gratuitous scenes that could have been cut out and made into a shorter film. We all know what happens here because of historical records. I don't feel there is a need to add to history. The movie was overall very pleasing visually, but could have ended after the first two thirds. The final third of the story was not needed. Which David Moulton of those two reviews, if any, do you think that Tony Bologna saw? I think that if I had to choose between these two, right. I would choose and say he saw the heiress tour. Because okay. I don't know how anyone could say that about Oppenheimer <laughs> and, and, and mean it. So I'm going to revote Eris Tor, true, Oppenheimer, false. But in the back of my mind, I don't really think he saw the Eris Tor. He didn't see either. Okay. So he th- it was like a trick. Okay. There you go. Nick, land this plane already. Yeah. You want to walk us through this? Because you went back and forth with him. Yeah. With Mr. Plane already. You, yeah. you, here, I have a little excerpt. Let me dial it up. This was a little, okay. I was I was on David's phone and I, I got a little audio recording of how the yeah. beginning of the conversation went. Let me just, let me just cue it up here. Okay. okay. Here it goes. Hello, Mr. Landis Plane. Yeah. This is Mr. Moulton. <laughs> you may know me from such things as. <laughs> And the little voice on the other said, no, this is Mrs. Landisplane. Let me go find Mr. Landisplane for you. There's a baby crying in the background. Yeah. Somebody shut up, baby Landisplane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Okay, so Nick Landisplane, he was like. Already. Already. He was like, <laughs> hey, there's a trailer out there for Argyle, which I mistook for a trailer. For some reason, I thought it was a trailer for Mean Girls, that combines Mean Girls and Argyle like production together. Almost like, like, a, almost like a mashup. Yeah, like Oppenheimer, like Barbenheimer mm. was doing. He's like, I don't get this. What's up with that? And so apparently it's because um, it says on Wednesday we wear pink, but on Friday we wear Argyle. Mm. And then uh Feb- it's for February or something. It's like a, for, it's like a freak freakuary or for, or for, or something like that. It was the tweet that he sent me had had a little bit more to it. Um, but I was unable to find this anywhere, and he said he saw it here. So have you noticed that at all? I haven't seen it. I didn't have a chance to look through our trailers to look for it, so we will have to we'll have to put a pin in this conversation. I will say that um, uh, this fetuary is Mean Girls is Paramount, right. and Argyle is Universal, so it's not like a joint thing. Although Barbie and Oppenheimer were also from two separate studios. Yeah, but the thing is that these come out pretty far apart. Right. Like Mean Girls is out now. Right. And Argyle's next month. I could see Universal. Um, Universal did Oppenheimer, so they saw the benefit of associating one movie with another. Um, so I, I, I get what you're saying. They're a few weeks apart, but it is like the, the Mean Girls audience is an audience that you would like to re, re, um, speak to. I guess, yeah. Yeah. There's an Argyle trailer ahead of Mean Girls. I have not seen Mean Girls yet, but sidebar, all... My niece and all her little buddies and my girls and Amy both all came in this morning and watched Mean Girls, and they all said it was amazing. Really? So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've been hearing quite the opposite. So there's a trailer in front of Mean Girls for Argyle, and I wonder if that trailer is, like, designed for Mean Girls. Mm, Could be. Could be. Yeah. So we will will get back to the Landis Plain already family. Yeah. And um, 
Interesting. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Report back. Um, Talking about the movies that were out there, I heard Beekeeper is overperforming. I heard Beekeeper is great. Mean Girls is great. And The Book of Clarence is underperforming, which would be a very generous assessment. Yeah, but I heard it was good, though. Okay, I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. Uh, Encyclopedia Brown saw it and said he highly recommended it. Oh, that's right. I saw that. He said it's going to be on his top ten. Yeah. For sure. But so, that's an example, and I, I'm, I just can't help myself. When a movie underperforms that bad, when the business side of it is that awful, it ruins the movie for me. Like mm-hmm. I can't go watch Book of Clarence. I'm not gonna watch it. Really? I can't. I won't enjoy it. Are you kidding me? Movie did terrible. Don't you want to be passionate about getting people to go see it though? No, because it's gonna be gone in like. Another, how many days were three days? Four plus seven is 11. It's going to be gone in 11 days. Well, So no, I don't well, care. I don't care if you come see it. I'm not seeing it. Come see Mean Girls. I want to see Mean Girls less from all the bad reviews I've heard. No, nah, Mean Girls is great. So says the guy who hasn't seen it. <laughs> well, we established last week that I can review whatever the hell I feel like reviewing. <laughs> I'm not limited by these 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 socially constructed limitations, the bounds that you apply to yourself. You know, these artificially created boundaries. I don't have to experience right, something right. to know it. And yeah. I don't have to explain myself to you. Yeah, seriously, come on, Mr. Multani. <laughs> All right, Pen. What? What? What is with you? What? What? What's, what's going on with you? I was. I had a busy week. Whoa! I had a busy week. I was in New York City on Thursday. New York, New York. New York, New York. It's a hell of a town. Bronx is up. Batteries down. I <laughs> <laughs> ah, get did it. it. You See what did I did it. there? Yeah. Uh, I'm pleased to report that on Friday, mm. I went to BWI and picked up Kalo. Who's safe and sound back from her study abroad in Sweden. I saw the paparazzi photos. Yep, yep. There was photos galore. We had to be back to press. There was, she was in Sweden, Estonia, Denmark, Iceland. Whoa. She's, she was all over the place. Whoa. I mean, I'm telling you, this kid moves. No stopping her. No stopping her. Also, I know this is of no interest to you, mm. but I'm excited that uh, we are in the throes of the playoffs for the NFL, the wild card weekend mm. is upon us. So as you can see, now luckily for me, yeah. the Penn Cinema podcast does not enforce a dress code for the staff. No, not right. anymore, not yeah. since the incident. No, right. Shh, shh. I thought well, we're not, gonna we're not, we're not supposed to talk about that. Ever since the incident, we've been <laughs> much more, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a lot more relaxed. <laughs> so anyway, I am here today recording the show in my New England Patriots sweatshirt. Mm. In solidarity with my team, which, by the way, is not in the playoffs because mm. they sucked so bad this year. <laughs> they weren't even, they didn't even get a wild card. Wow. Like they just sucked, sucked. But I feel like the best thing you can do when your team doesn't make the playoffs is put on all your team's gear and then root for whoever you feel like rooting. You know, but you got to have your team's gear. You got to have that solidarity, mm. you know. The rooting tune. Now, I've also been enjoying two different podcasts. <gasps> no. Because I don't know what you think my status is, but I've only just in the last few months been like taking up listening to podcasts. Yeah. Did, okay. you, know, did you know that? Well, it's, I'm, I'm noticing the trend. Yeah, a little bit more. So I've been enjoying a trail running podcast with Jason Coop. Okay. And I really am into, if there's any marathoners listening to this show, mm. Molly Seidel, one of the top American female runners, is doing a, a podcast documenting her build up to the Olympic trials in February and it's called the build up podcast with Molly Seidel. And it is, it's, she's, she can be like a little bit, a little bit much, but it's, it's interesting, like just to see behind the scenes, like how it's going and what she's doing and that kind of stuff. And of course, one of the more famous podcasts, the smart list with Jason Bateman and those guys. A lot about that from a lot of people. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good show. Uh, I read a book called Iron Widow by Zaran J. Zhao. I'm probably mispronouncing her name. Uh, it was a young adult science, uh, I guess it's science fiction. How do you know that's fantasy? male or female? I know I know that it's a female writer from interviews okay. and pictures and stuff. Okay. Um, but it's kind of based in a futuristic China where everything stayed 
feudalistic China, except for they have giant mechs <laughs> <laughs> that fight these giant bugs. Okay. Giant? Are you saying nets? Mechs. Mechs. Like, is that a fictional gi- thing, or is that uh, something I'm supposed to know? You should know what a mech is. Okay, I don't. Uh, like, um, a mech would be uh, like the things from. From Pacific Rim or mechs. Oh, the big, okay. the big giant things that the people get okay. in and pilot. Okay, gotcha. Those are those are mechs, um, and then they fight these these bug things, and, <laughs> but everything stayed feudal Japan. Otherwise, mm. other than that, like there's a little bit more technology. Um, it's a young adult book, so there was you know drama and love triangles oh, and yeah. all this stuff and then yeah so uh did i enjoy it yeah i don't think it was great but i will read the second the new one when it comes out in a couple weeks so and i tried to watch a show on netflix that i saw rave reviews for and i'm still trying to watch it's called the brother's son stars michelle yo s-u-n yeah and it's like the premise is Michelle Yeoh and her son uh, live in California, and he's studying to be a doctor. She's a nurse. Turns out that her, I don't know if they're divorced, but her husband and other brother are, and her husband and her other son are leaders of one of the big triads in Taiwan. Mm. And that she left with the young son to give him a normal life. And something happens, and the brother... (laughs) And the triad wind up in like having stuff in California, and, and it's a kind of like an action comedy. It seems like it should be amazing, and I like all the parts that I watch. Every time I put this show on, Pen, I fall asleep almost instantly, <laughs> and I, I don't because it's actiony, and right. I should be like, so, there's something about this show that the colors that it's filmed in makes my eyes tired. Yeah, I, when I watch it, I can feel the strain in my eyes. The colors just like bother me, and so I close my eyes a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more, and then some action scene. I'll, I'll wake my eyes up and be like, "Oh, this is cool," but it's at the end of the show. So now I got to rewind because I don't know what's going on. Right. And I, I, I've, I've watched the first two episodes like twice because I, <laughs> I can't. Do you yeah. really think that if you started the next episode? You wouldn't just fig- be able to piece it together? I don't know. See, I guess that's the difference between you and me. Like, you need to see it happen. If I fell asleep and woke up at the end of the second episode, mm-hmm. I would start the third episode and piece it together. But here's the thing. With all due respect, you often don't piece it together right. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche, mon frere. It's almost like you're... Missing information. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Fair enough. That could be one reason not not to do it my way. Who knows? Right. No. We may never know. We'll never. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, look, if you want to be a part of the show, the best way to do that is email us, podcast at pencinema.com. That's a new email, podcast at pencinema.com. But if you want to support the show, Penn, what's the number one way to do that? Obviously, good nutrition. I mean, clearly, you got to stay hydrated. Yeah, you got to get your fruits and vegetables. Mm. You know, you got to be healthy, so you have that nice, healthy glow. Mm. And then the trick is when somebody says, "Hey, Jimmy, you're looking really good lately. You got a yeah. nice, healthy glow about you. What's your secret?" I listen to the Pennsylvania podcast. Yeah, you don't say anything about the fruits and vegetables. Yeah, or the exercise. You leave that shit alone. You just—that's yeah. our little secret. Right. And then when they say you got a really nice, healthy glow, you look really terrific. You right. look well rested and healthy. Then you say, oh, it's because I listen to the Penn Cinema podcast. Because right. you don't want them to be as good looking as you. Right. I mean, God forbid. Yeah. You know, you don't want them in on your little secret. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> and nobody has nobody has ever discovered the secret except for us. And so and that's never been clear. So you, dear listeners, are in on a pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah. But say you want to live that unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then you just tell a friend friend. while you're glomming up some French fries and fried chicken. Then you just be like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it goes great with a box of ring dings. (laughs) Probably does. (laughs) 
All right. Well, once again, for the Pennsylvania Podcast, I'm David Bolton. And I'm Penn Ketchum. Take, Take care, care and party, party on. on. Thanks for joining us this episode. Our hosts would love to hear from you. To contact the show with your thoughts and reviews, email podcast at pencinema.com. This podcast is a production of Penn Cinema. Escape to the movies at Penn Cinema, featuring crisp digital projection, killer sound, reserved seating, and premium power recliners. With locations in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Wilmington, Delaware, and Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. Showtimes and tickets available at www.pencinema.com.